Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Scrumbo. People of Sector 12. Today you do not get to eat. Good afternoon to those heading to Dreamland. Heading to France. Going on a journey to the Arctic. It's Monday, November the 7th, 2022, in the time and the age of Boblim Talk. You know, in the time of Boblim Talk. You know, in the time of the age of Boblim Talk, it is November the 7th, 2022. It's almost 4 p.m., almost 4 p.m. on a Monday here in Utah, and so you could guesstimate where you think I live. Do I live in the mountains amongst the Wookiee? Have I found love? I wish man found love. I'm going to be heading back to Seattle soon, and um, I'm a little concerned about my wellness, according to the ancient monks of Nepal and the Tibetan scientists of the future. I'm going to drink a bit of coffee here. I have really bad cotton mouth right now. Is it Sanka? Is it some type of Krakazoid? Is it Grimuli? You know what it is. It is the monctus. It is what's left. I am drinking from the cup of the fullness of bread. This is the splinktozoid. This is the bromuli. And that's it, baby. You stick it in the microwave. It, it comes in a powder, you know. It comes in a powder, baby. Let's be honest. This coffee comes in a powder. Yes, indeed, I need to find my place, a safe place. I know that sounds all woke. 
but I mean that in the deepest ancient Tibetan sense of a super scientist of the future. A traveler from another age, seeking to sojourn in safety in some cavern or crevice, maybe in a canyon, maybe there are ravens, maybe the ravens feed him, you know, because they're supposed to. Maybe. I need to imagine a place, a zone of total wellness, a nice cabin by a stream somewhere not far from my true love in a land of calm and peace and bacon and, did I say love? So I said to myself, I will go into a quiet room in my home. You'll go into a quiet room in your home. Maybe bring a music player, sit in a, a room quietly, listen to music or not, and imagine a world. Imagine a world of mountains and trees. Mountain and trees. Mountains and trees. Imagine a world of oceans and spaceships and planets far away, far away, far away, far away. And imagine in that world there is a planet, you know, on the edge of the universe. Way out there, way out there on the edge of the universe, there's a planet. And on that planet there is a man in a room imagining a world. And in his own world there are cities and deserts and wide-ranging plains. In one of those cities in that new world there is a person in a room imagining a world imagining a person imagining a world Imagine a world inside your head. And in that world, there is a person sitting in a room just like you, imagining a world. And if you think that's impossible, then you have not traveled your imagination all the way down the hole. Go down to the stream, the one near your house. Make a toy boat out of a single, you know, a single sheet of paper. Place the boat in the stream. Watch it float away. The boat will go to the river, 
And on the river, the boat will learn patience and witchcraft. The boat will go down the river, the river to the sea. And at the mouth of the river, the boat will fall in love and raise a family. The boat will make it to the sea and on the waters of the great sea the boat will see the shore the shore that touches the river the river that touches the stream the stream that flows home I have a 1975 Ford Galaxy. It's a 1975 Ford Galaxy, you know, in jet black with a Driscoll style floating cam, a 900 horsepower turbocharger with octo nitrous injection. I'm selling it for 30 ounces of gold coins. We can meet after midnight over by the dump. The dump is not far from the old haunted cemetery, and this is not and this is not far from the Indian burial ground. And this deed requires a true heart. If you want it, you must have courage. Come at midnight to the dump. It's a Ford Galaga, nineteen seventy-five, jet black. Driscoll 900 horsepower turbocharger super nitrous power injection it has 8,000 foot-pounds per cubic zeltoid it's measured in Kentrons like the true drag razors do then it's a 9,000 Kentron with a five centroid, you know, with an oxy grip. Yeah, I've got a 1975 Ford Galaga, jet black, Driscoll, you know, floating cam, yeah. 900 horsepower, you know, turbocharger with octo nitrous injection. And I'm just selling it for 30 ounces of gold coins. We can meet after midnight. We can meet after midnight over by the dump. The dump is not far from the old haunted cemetery, which is truly not that far from the old Indian burial ground where, we, you know, where them folks were murdered and their spirits never rested because a great injustice was done. We meet by that place at midnight. midnight where they killed all them their people the spirits do not rest they haunt you in horrible ways 
It's like that movie, The Fog, where they carry hatchets and hammers. They come at you at every angle, baby. Yeah, it's terrible. So yeah, this is a 1975. 1975 Ford Galaga, jet black, with a Driscoll-style floating cam. That's a special kind of Italian cam. Most of the cams out there are considered less than Italian. They're not that Italian. But if you got a Driscoll-style floating cam, that also means you have a treble-injected fluctuator. And that is what allows your fuel to mix with oxygen at, at what's called a hyperburn rate. And that's going to allow you to have an incredibly fast car if what you want to do is like, you know, go in a straight line. And <laughs> Listen, if you want to head in a straight line and everything in front of you is everything in front of you, baby, it has one label. And let's be honest about the label. This is why you tune in, motherfucker. If you are in a 1975 Ford Galaga, then you want to travel in a straight line. You want to travel as fast and as hard. You don't care how much fuel you use because guess what? You've got the frequent flyer card and you fill that thing out maxi fast. You stop at the Chevron. You get the thing. You get the Tecron. You're in and out, and you're fast, and baby, you're back on the road in a straight line. Do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're headed? You're on a highway, heading really, really fast, baby. Yes, indeed. I think we've talked about the Driscoll style enough, but I, I don't know if we have. I, I feel like we could say more. I think we could talk more about it. Um, I really should drink more of this coffee just so that I don't go totally insane. You know, make sure we don't go totally off topics. But as I said, you can imagine yourself in a room... You can be in a room listening to music, imagining yourself, imagining yourself, imagining a universe where there's a person like you imagining a universe, and they can do that. It's okay. But if you do it to a certain level, you do run the risk of what's called a kind of existential seizure, where all of reality from your perspective, which in many ways is the only perspective that matters, fractures into a thousand pieces. So you can imagine a world 
where you are like King of Glumptus. You travel to Brimptus land to find the wizard. The wizard has a tunnel. To another world. You travel to that world. You find the wizard. The wizard of Frumula. The one known Buvula. She has a tunnel. And she's really a sorceress. The point is, she has a tunnel too. To another world. And you travel to that world, and there is a wizard. His name is Yorkton. He's angry and, and mad and crazy. He hates everybody. He hated you before you were born. You have to go to that world. Yeah, so that's why you'd want to buy a 1975 Ford Galaga in jet black with a Driscoll-style floating cam and a 900-horsepower turbocharger with octonitrous injection. I'm selling it for 30 ounces of gold coins if we can meet after midnight over by the fucking dump, the dump that's not far from the old haunted cemetery, you know? And this is not that far from the old Indian burial ground. And this steed I'm selling requires a true heart. So do you got the courage to meet me at the fucking dump? They're launching missiles from out of Georgia over Krasnodar into the Ukraine. They're launching missiles from out of Georgia over Krasnodar to the Ukraine. missiles from out of Georgia over Krasnodar these missiles they're going to go to Ukraine I had this weird thought um, because I live in a place where there are a lot of Mormons. Where I live is a place called Utah. And just up front, I don't hate Mormons. I have nothing against Mormons. I am a Christian. I'm not a Mormon. I'm not opposed to Mormons. I'm not big on the whole ecumenical thing, but I don't, you know, I think as a Christian, you need to live and let live. That being said, um, uh, I've, you know, the Mormons I've met and I've known 
have mostly seemed pretty cool. You know? But I've had this weird thought recently. Like, I live in Utah. And according to the statistics, 60% of the people where I live are Mormons. So that's 6 out of 10. That's, you know, that's basically a, a, a hooker majority. And, um... These people probably have all the stockpiles of food and guns and ammo. And God bless them. I'm not a commie. They don't owe me anything. But what I was thinking is, what if it got really crazy and like... A couple things could happen. You could have a Mormon elder in some church say to the flock, you know what? If you're not a Mormon, you don't get to be on the land. Unless, of course, you're a Native American. So maybe they make a treaty, and that way they can use the Native Americans to kind of like round up everybody that's not Mormon. So, yeah. Um, there's some elder in some, you know, some temple that says, he says to their flock, if you're not Mormon, you're not of the land, you will be destroyed and sent down the hole. Of course, of course, of course, you would say, Dan, that's never going to happen. There's never going to be some sort of Mormon fascist uprising and it won't lead to non-Mormons being rounded up, perhaps taken to Scompton, not far from that Nally Tamale plant. You know the one we're talking about where they're going to take people, they'll take them there, they'll turn them into scrumptious meat and you'll get them as Nally's Tamales next week. Where the people come from? Where the people go, where the tamales come from, where did the people go, where did the people go? These are good tamales. Where's Aunt Drumdo? Aunt Grundo. Is she in the tamale, little Johnny? Is that sad? Is that what happens? Did we get sent to the factory near Cheyenne? Do the people get hunted? Hunted like freaks and chased by Mormons who are riding horses? Yes, indeed. Can you imagine, like, Planet of the Apes? But instead of the apes on horseback, it's Mormons. And instead of, like, you know, the weirdo freaks running from the Mormons, it'll be other kinds of, you know, probably poor weirdo freaks running from the Mormons, you know. it's Instead of from the apes. Planet of the Mormons. Oh, my God. That is a sitcom.
that writes itself. Planet of the Mormons. I mean, can you imagine Planet of the Mormons? I can imagine it. I can imagine it. But yeah, I've, I've had that paranoid thought. If if things got hard, would various Mormon clans come after non-Mormons here? I know that's paranoid. I know I got probably one or two people that listen that are Mormon. And they're probably, I hope they're not offended. But they might be. I mean, who knows? I just hope they're not. It's just the truth is, I wonder. Um, I wonder, you know. You know, it's one of those questions you ask yourself. Would would I be forced to be Mormon if I wanted to eat? And I know that sounds really messed up, but could that happen? Who knows? We are living in very strange times, brothers and sisters. And, you know, whether we like it or not, things we believe that are solid are not solid. Things that we think are weak are actually very strong. What we think is valuable today will be worthless tomorrow. And what we are told is worthless today will be worth its weight in gold in the not too distant future. They told you family, you're, you told you family was garbage, like a missile being shot from Georgia. They told you family was kind of crappy, like the same missile over Krasnodar into the Ukraine. I don't know, folks. Mapleton, Arkansas, silly sauce pizza. Something's gonna happen, something real bad. Maples, Mapleton, Arkansas, silly sauce pizza. You don't wanna be there some kind of Saturday. It'll be an afternoon. Don't be there at the Mapleton, Arkansas, silly sauce pizza. It's crazy when you hear a person say shit like that. You say, is this person talking to an alien? I could be talking to an alien. One called Spingus. He's a traveler. He's a traveler. Mapleton, Arkansas, Silly Sauce Pizza. 
You could say to yourself, that's crazy. It could also be a secret code, a secret code I'm sending out to all my Scrungo forces, the ones in Sector 12, the ones in Sector 13, the ones in Region 3, the ones in Realm X-Ray Z Whiskey 55 Bravo. That's a crazy place. All of them are receiving the signal on many frequencies. It's being translated into X-ray laser beam to the center, the center of a black hole. From there it will go to all time and space. Yes, indeed. What if that's what I'm doing with Mapleton? Arkansas Silly Sauce Pizza and telling you about all the things, the horrors connected to Mapleton, Arkansas Silly Sauce Pizza. It sounds kind of crazy until you deconstruct it. <sighs> you are the planet hurl. You are the cheese whiz girl. You are the female blink. I am a gorilla heap. You are my needle sheep. I am your broken Greek. You are the planet hurl. You are the cheese whiz girl. You are the cheese whiz girl. You are the female blink. I am a gorilla heap. You are my needle sheep. I am your broken Greek. What am I telling you, Sector 5 freaks? What am I telling you in Zone 45 Zebra? If you're in Sector 3, are you listening? you're part of the 7th or part of the 35th, if you're part of the Skronklin army under General Stringus, tell him hi. He owes me 20. That old fucknut. Tyson Foods CFO was arrested, you know, arrested after getting drunk, breaking into a home and falling asleep in, t in some random woman's bed. Tyson Foods CFO was arrested. Tyson's Food CFO was arrested. Tyson's CFO was arrested. He got really fucking drunk. He smelled like a fucking skunk. He went down in that place. He thought he was a fucking ace. He saw the woman in her bed. She was probably, I don't know, you know. <laughs> But Tyson's CFO, 
He was arrested after getting drunk, breaking into a home, falling asleep in some random woman's bed. Yes, indeed, this CFO was getting really wasted somewhere near Scompton. He, you know, remembered a woman once, a woman he loved so much, he wanted to give her a hug. He knew her address. Maybe she still lived there. He'll head on down. He'll say hi. Yes, indeed. This is the story of a CFO gone insane. You could use a helper. You could use a helper. You could use a helper. Yeah, I could. I'm going to get a cup of coffee, you son of a bitch. You could use a helper. I was standing in line at the Davis. And there was this woman who had purchased all of her art decor from the grocery store. Her shelving, her strength disc whatever device she had for her buvula. And, you know, clearly it was a lot of stuff being processed, and the person, the checkout girl, was doing the best she could. And she was doing okay. I mean, nobody there was really bothered. It was just life. Life in Boblimtok. Actual people have gotten used to this. They have gotten used to standing in line. They have gotten used to the lights being dimmer. They have gotten used to the things that we used to mock the Soviet Union for. We used to make fun of the Soviets because their planes would follow the sky. Remember that? So I'm actually standing in line here at the grocery store. You know, in the in the age of Bo Blimtok, and there's this woman in line, and she's like, you could use a helper. And I don't think she meant it in a nice way. I think she meant it because she was perturbed. She was impatient. She did not know where she was. And I mean this, folks. Understand this. I do not believe it is the end of the world. It is not. But do I think we're in a time that is going to be so crazy that some people will think this could be the end? Yeah. And I also think a lot of people need to prepare to adjust their perspectives, including me probably. Like I might end up behind the power curve. Guess what? That's the great discontinuity. If you've been listening to me since 2019, 
I feel like I've most I've mostly laid it out pretty well. I have I haven't gotten it all right, but I feel like I got a lot of it right. So that being said, I'll drink some coffee here. It's crazy, folks. Be flexible is the only thing that should be on your t-shirt. What should be in your portfolio? Something flexible. What should you own? Something flexible. Uh, <laughs> what kind of woman should you have? Something flexible. Here, Jabba, 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 Jab, 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 Jab. Yeah. Some flexible Betty that you can touch on her boovula. She's so flexible. You feel powerful. You know, I'm just going to stop right there, okay? You know, people, a lot of people, and I, and I started talking about this in 2019, but a lot of people would listen to me and say, okay, Dan, okay, 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 okay. Um, a lot of people kind of expected all this to be like some type of economic recession or maybe stagflation or now, you know, it'll be hyperinflation. The problem is that, and this is something to understand, that in terms of ratios, during the great German hyperinflation of the uh, 1920s, there were significantly fewer people. On a worldwide basis, almost no one used oil, okay? And back then, one barrel basically got you 100, all right? Basically, between 70 and 100, depending upon the fine. But it got you a lot. Today, one barrel maybe gets you two. And, and there are some fields, like the tar sand fields, where you're basically using more energy in, technically, from a physics problem perspective, you're chewing up more energy in, I've read, than, get, than what you're getting out. So technically, in terms of the physics, it's something you shouldn't do. But in terms of, the, of where you're at, you do it. I mean, I've jokingly referred to it as the, as the kind of oil that the Nazis produced at the end of the war. And, you know, there's a reason for it. It's not ideal. It's a worst case scenario. So when people talk about hyperinflation, I'm not sure if they, they really understand that there's, you know, four or five times more people today and probably, you know, way many times less oil than that than there once was. And I know I'm going to get emails from abiotic oil and it's in the earth somewhere. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But let's at least let's at least rationally say this. There is a scientifically provable rate at which it's going to flow. It's probably not infinite, probably not zero. So if you want to argue it's an infinitely replenishing thing, I'm willing to accept that as long as you're willing to tell me at what fucking rate. Because it's not infinite, is it? Probably not. 
I mean, this definitely isn't Eden. You probably can't produce infinite oil. So there's probably a rate at which it would come out of the ground. And, it, and if there's a rate, then, then basically there's a, some kind of limit. It's not much of one, but there is a limit. Who knows what the rate is? You know? The fact is, best case scenario, things could get crazy, so I don't know. When I think about this woman saying, you need a helper, it's like, no, she's doing fine. And we're all okay. And everybody here needs to come to grips with reality. I don't give that speech because I would get arrested. They would throw me in jail with the scrumbo and the grinktus and the other like Mormon meth freaks and the people that hang out near the reservation. The people that hunt the scrondo, the people that are fed on by blinktus, the people that live in the sewers, the people that live off sewer rat. You know, nobody wants that. Nobody, nobody, nobody. But what I will say is a lot of people probably need to readjust their expectations. They'll be happier. You know, I started doing it 10 years ago. And it really bothered people in my life. And I said, listen, if you want to set your expectations way up here, you know, given how you see reality, I understand. But that's not where I see it. I don't see it that way. You know, I don't see it going that way. And the problem is that can be a big difference for people. Like you say to yourself, well, I'm in love. But are you in love if you get to a point, a fork in the road, where one person wants to go right and the other wants to go left and you can't agree? You know, are you in love if you end up splitting up? I don't know. I don't know what love is. I'm, I'm certain I was kind of a crappy husband. I never beat anybody I never hurt anybody but in terms of being a good husband I don't think I was that good but who knows life is what it is I just think a lot of people need to adjust their perspectives and yeah that includes me I've been talking a lot about the fullness of bread as a feature of of a sign of the times that people live according to a kind of opulence. Even the poor have a level of luxury that is unprecedented in history. And I look around, I've got this digital recorder, I've got this beautiful Roland keyboard. I don't have a lot, but I have way more than a poor person would have had 100, 200 years ago. Way more, way more. I look around. I've got canned food. I've got boxes, boxes of pasta. I have a shaker that contains curry. I have coffee in a bag. It has a cinnamon kind of nutmeggy, maybe flavor special flavor to it maybe like pumpkin spice motherfucker you could use a helper 
You could use a helper. You look like you need help. You look like you need a helper. I could be your helper. I could come by after work. I could come by and visit you at your home. I can be your helper. You can call me Sarah Fitzgibbons. I can call you Mrs. Gibbonsy. I just don't know. I feel like I'm beating up on this person too much. Nobody knows who this person is. And frankly, this person isn't that special because this person is everybody. A lot of us. Getting upset about crap that just probably doesn't really matter that much. And there could come a time in the near future where it's going to be like the phrase we once used in the army, pole vaulting over nat shit. You know, pole vaulting, as in a pole vaulting, you know, in the Olympics, the big or big old pole, and you're vaulting with it, jumping, going far, going over that, yeah, that bar. Yeah. A lot of this is pole vaulting over Nat shit. There is this old man. He drove into the parking lot. He wanted to kill me. There was this lady in a red car. She wanted me dead. I don't want to beat up on this person. This is a normal person and probably under stress. So if this person ever heard it, understand the space of the podcast, I'm already apologizing. I'm not picking on you. I'm picking on a perspective. One that we're all guilty of, including me. And it's not easy because it is kind of related to the stages of grieving. How do you let go of things? How do I... Let go of things. It's not that easy to take something you love, like Starbucks, for example. What if I told you that it's not the end of the world, but there could be a world where there's no Starbucks? In fact, where you probably can't easily get coffee. In fact, coffee might be very, very, very expensive. 
Imagine a world like that. You think it's impossible, but it's not. Imagine a world where there is meat at the grocery store, but you can't afford to buy it more than once or twice a month, maybe. Um, and, and you may already be there. You may already be living in that world. But there are worlds that are possible and no number of helpers will A, help, or B, be available anyways. You're just going to have to go do it, okay? There's going to be no me-seeks boxes, right? A me-seeks, you know? Kirkland brand, though, no? Yeah, there's going to be no magical me-seeks boxes like in Rick and Morty. You are simply going to be in a situation where you have to solve it on your own. There's going to be no number you can dial. But there was an old man. He drove into a parking lot. There was a lady. She drove a red car. She wanted me dead. She was a cinnamon roll baby looking for a cokehead man. Her name was Crystal. She had a dazzle and a wazzle. And lived down by, you know, the Catholic Church. That's on 7th and Chestnut. A hungry troll named Bob would visit her from time to time. He usually had 50 bucks for what's called a fast time Charlie. But Crystal would see he wanted something uglier, something meaner. She lived on those streets for 20 years, ever since her parents sold her to gypsies. She would be the man's 23rd victim sometime in 2024. Can you stop it? Can you be there? Will you be there in that alley with a knife? with a gun. There's a dude with a magical, you know, a magical toilet His toilet, you know, when you flush it, opens a hole, a hole in time. traveling 
traveling traveling in a hole a hole in time imagine you had a toilet and if you flushed it you opened up time to the dinosaurs to the aliens to the creatures who live inside the earth Imagine you had a toilet that did all that. A time toilet. A toilet through time. This is real news from the Weekly World News. There's a color called gold. If you find the golden path, you will achieve the golden shower. There's a color called gold. There's a color. A color, you know. A color some people, they call it gold. It's a color, it's a mineral, it's an element, it's a metal, it's money, it's power, it's, you know, gold. Some would say it's honest money. You pull it, you know, from the ground. Some would say it's a rich man's money. It makes him stand tall and proud. Some would say there's an element called gold. And it is the path to the golden shower. And the golden shower is the shower of wealth and power that comes from having gold. Now you might say that's something dirty or something wordy. What I'm telling you is there's a planet called Boblimptok. And there's a future where gold, physical gold, gold might actually help you. It might keep you alive in the time of the scab beast, in the time of the dung beetle. Gold might keep you alive when the scrongo freak rises up. Gold might keep you alive when the drinktus takes over, gold might keep your people safe in the night from the fruncto, the monsters of drinktus, 29.6 on the Richter scale, baby.
That's why they call it gold, baby. There are these dudes. These dudes that lived in Upper Jab Manstan, not far from Tablistan. There are these dudes, these dudes that lived in Upper Jab Manstan, not far from Tablistan. There are these dudes, they lived in a zone called Jab Manstan. It was very rocky. Their lives were terrible. The nearest town was called Tablistan. Everybody's a hooker. Can you imagine George W. Bush had an answer? You remember the President of the United States? I think he's still alive, isn't he? Isn't George, you know, George W. Bush, isn't he still alive? Can you imagine if George W. Bush had the answer? The answer to a big question. There's a question everyone wants to ask. It's a question. It's really scary. It's a question that makes you hairy. It's a question that makes you shiver. It's the question you'd ask him as you're drinking, killing, you know, killing out your liver with that scotch motherfucker. Imagine you sat down with George W. Bush and your name is John Ritter. And the year is 2001. And George W. Bush looks at you. He says, John, want to know a secret? Want to know a powerful secret? One that will give you great strength and power? So Bush tells John Ritter, the terrible, terrible secret. And this makes John sad. Yes. John Ritter met with Philip Seymour Hoffman. And he told Philip the secret the dark secret, the worst secret, the worst secret you can imagine, Philip told Robin Williams, and Robin told Anthony Bourdain. What was the secret? What were they told? What was so hard and terrible? What was so bleak and cold? They were told something bad. Y'all are going to think I'm a callous motherfucker, but I'm going to tell you something. I've been really suspect of a lot of these suicides in recent years. It's not to say that I don't think they're real or legit. They very well could be. I'm not. It's not to say that they're statistically... Um, outside of any expected model. I don't really know. I'm not a statistician. 
or an actuary, I couldn't tell you if the number of suicides in Hollywood per capita is above or below the norm. I couldn't tell you if these events were in or outside of the norm, statistically speaking. But this is a bit of a gut reaction. And one of the weird thoughts I've had in recent years, and you can be pissed off if you want to be, And I've had this thought, it's not just about these actors either. It's, you know, it's the basketball player that crashes in the helicopter. You know, it's the freaking banker that has an accident with a nail gun. And frankly, the Epstein thing, I don't think the guy's dead. I'm sorry. I mean, a guy like that has magical little booby traps on dead man switches all around the world. And there's no chance in hell you'd be able to stop them all. So so there's just no way the guy was killed. He, I don't think he's dead. People say he's dead. No. I think he was suicided in the in the sarcastic quote sense, but I don't think any I don't think he was killed. Somebody else might have been killed, you know, that kind of looks like him. Who knows? It's a crooked fucking world, folks. Okay? But what if you were told something? And I'm not saying it's true either. Because the thing to understand, especially if we were in those times, you know, as a Christian, when I say those times, I'm trying to be careful because I don't want to scare people. But let's say we were, we were on the cusp of those times. Um, as a Christian, you really do need to be careful. Um, you need to be careful of the things you're told. Careful of the truths you're fed. I mean, some things, we're being told a lot of things, but in, in many ways, this is an age of lies. There are, there are things that if they were true, would probably really be a bummer. Like if you already suffered from depression and you were told something, something like, in 10 or 15 years, all life on earth ends. Let's say the president of the United States pulled you aside and said, listen, in about 10 years, everybody's gone. You can get a condo in Antarctica. In about 10 years, everybody's gone. But you can join us down in Antarctica with the sexy, sexy people. All of them will be down there ready to go. But not everybody's a piece of crap. They were probably told, if you talk about it, we're going to kill your family, blah, blah, blah. Of course they were told that. But, you know... You always have another option, and, and it is the option that none of us talk about because it's horrible, and you shouldn't do it, and if you feel like doing it, you should reach out to a friend first, but what if um, they were told something so terrible that it took them to the darkest place you could imagine? And, you know, brothers and sisters, I've read H.P. Lovecraft, and I've I've read about other subjects, including the Eastern Front during World War II. So I have a pretty good imagination 
of the darkest things people could potentially do to each other. Fairly good. Not necessarily perfect. I've never been in combat, but I've got a pretty good imagination outside of that. Um, but what if you were told something darker than war, darker than any genocide, the darkest thing you can imagine. And the darkest thing I can imagine is basically being told that the world comes to, to an end in about a decade or so. Um, and, and, it's, and it's a really dark way of looking at this. I know that. Listen, I've spoken with, this, with some friends of mine about this idea of catastrophizing, you know, turning everything into a catastrophe. And so I do have to be careful. And we all have to be careful not to turn everything into something like that. But I'm getting the weirdest vibe from reality right now. I'm getting the weirdest vibe from reality right now, you know? My heart goes out to the families of all those people. And no, I don't think they passed a secret that caused them great pain to the point of doing something to harm themselves, even though they did do that. But what I would say is this. A lot of this that's happened with respect to these suicides, it doesn't it it feels too random to be random in a way. It doesn't seem like we have the full explanation of what's going on. It doesn't mean there's some deep conspiracy. <sighs> but I wonder. I don't think it's the end of the world. But I do think it's the end of a period of time. I don't think it's the end of the world, but I do think a lot of people are probably going to die. It's horrible, but I got to just say it. I don't think that it has to be terrible. But people being who they are could very well make it terrible. I mean, I, I, I believe people are capable of great things. And as a Christian, I know that people can do great things and live Christian lives. But I also know as a reasonable student of history, that people can be monsters. And as far as secrets go, even if they had a secret that they told people, what if it was bullshit? I mean, the other thing to remember, folks, is that these people, yeah, 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 they're, it's government. So it's a giant shit pile. But they are grifters, and they have turned being con artists into an art form. And they train at doing it, which means they do psyops just to train. So it would not surprise me if they didn't pick an actor or an actress to direct their bullshit towards. It wouldn't surprise me at all, you know? 
because they got, you know, it's like they told me in the army, train like you fight. Well, the best way to train like you fight with psyops is to fuck with real people. So I don't know. I, it's a dark thing to think about, but I just, I had it on my mind today. You know, I went to see Dr. Chingles. I can't go to see Dr. Grinkus any longer. I don't live in Seattle, so I can't see Dr. Grinkus. So I went to see Dr. Chingles. He gave me a compress. He gave me a salve. He told me the eel pudding would clear up my sclink sores and that the worms in my heart were going to fart. He told me the worms in my soul would come out in the bowl. That's good. Three tumors in my eye were going to fry. I went to see Dr. Chingles. He took a measurement. He drilled a hole in my head. He measured the temperature in my butt, but he checked out my crinctus. He drilled with the frontal. He used a bombublia. He managed the strangazingo with the flingo. And he compressed it inside the splinctus, making sure the monctus flowed forward through time up the toilet of time. Crab night is soft wind night without getting too gooey. Crab night is when the butter flows and the sumptuous anal minx seeks wayward ways in the curbside bar. She stuffed zucchini as far as it will go. She stretches it out and is cursed by the blood moon. Okay, crab night. Crab night is the soft wind night. Crab night. is the moon glow night. Crab night is a time when those peoples mix up their dringle sores. Crab night is the soft wind night without getting too gooey. Crab night is when the butter flows 
and the sumptuous anal mink seeks wayward ways in the curbside bar. She stuffs zucchini as far as it will go. She stretches it out and is cursed by the blood moon on crab night. The Kevilton grizzly folk, they lived according to their wildlife ways. Winter life, summer chowed, and the grambling times when their loin greases flow and the icy heart melts before the springtime jumbling Joe flower party. Let me get this straight, though. The Keffelton grizzly folk lived according to their wildlife ways. The Keffelton grizzly folk lived according to the winter life the summer chode and the grambling times when their loin greases flow and the icy hearts melt before springtime jumblin joe flower party it sounds like crab night is the soft wind night crab night is your hooker girlfriend crab night you meet after the party you eat the crab food you become lovers you get married you share a home on crab night Vietnam gas stations to close due to widespread shortages. Vietnam gas stations start to close due to widespread shortages. Old Mama Cho has nowhere to go. Old Uncle Ho will die in the snow. Cocaine elephants moving their wares from one greasy hotel to the next. A ship sets sail from Hong Kong, sinks in the Yellow Sea. Eight people are lost. Seventy-seven people drown. The rest are saved by the wild elk of Japan. Just like Crab Night, really. Everybody loves Crab Night.
free crab at the crab store. You want crab? We'll sell it to you. Along with everything else. Lemon spice. Wolf poof ice cakes. Tasty and healthy. $6.95. It's, you know, crab night. <laughs> you can have lemon spice wolf poop ice cakes. Tasty. Healthy. $6.95. Cinnamon spice wolf poop lemon spice ice cakes. Covered in pus. Covered in scabs. Coming from the labs. Made for your grandma. Ready for Christmas. Ready for love. Lemon spice wolf poop. Tasty ice cakes. Good and healthy. $6.95. Lemon spice wolf poop ice cakes. Tasty and healthy. Yes, indeed. Lemon spice wolf poop ice cakes are tasty and healthy. They're on sale for $6.95. Cinnamon spice wolf poop lemon spice ice cake covered in pus, covered in scabs, coming from the labs, made for your grandma, ready for Christmas, ready for love. A sexy, a sexy monkey army is heading for Texas. The women are hairy, hairy conundrums, covered in lice, covered in turnip scent. Their eyes are glassy and they're jaundiced. There's a certain forlorn and disturbed affect to it. They were first level. They were priestesses. Their duty was to unguzzlate at the Golden Gate. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed, their eyes are glassy and jaundiced, and there was a certain forlorn and disturbed affect to it all. They were first-level priestesses, and their duty was to unguzzlate themselves on the Golden Gate Bridge as they writhe in their busty nakedness, and the drivers going by toss onion rings and pizza sauce at them. It will be a march, and the Chinese satellite will crash near Hawaii. It will be in March, March of the year... Some kind of year, there'll be a Chinese satellite that crashes near Hawaii. Cathedral open, 
for the groundskeeper and his family. The cathedral opened for the groundskeeper, you know, and his family. Fire stoked for 34 days, and the hawk sits vigil, waiting for the snail prince. He'll come, you know. Gundus, the mild slog, washes out the sacred urn and prepares the burnt offerings. All sins are forgiven. Once the lamb is cut loose, once the lamb is cut loose, once the lamb is liberated from the chain, Strange times, brothers and sisters, strange times. Strange times in the age of ungrumulus. A fight will break out in Paris, France between two clans. 76 will be injured, 23 killed. A fight's going to break out in Paris, France between two clans. 76 will be injured, 23 killed. The patriarch of one family will use dynamite and Molotov cocktails to set fire to and destroy the family of his daughter's lover. Greed, revenge, race, love, God, all mixed up in this drama of great sadness and tragic loss, not Romeo and Juliet. Some of the bodies will be discovered in a river. Crocodile, alligators, giant eels, giant lamprey fed upon their bodies in the river, the river of death, the river Seine, filled with parasites in France. It's the river of death. There's a dragon's mist when the plane crosses the border and two bombs are released on the king. Two generals are lost and the fifth king of Doomba is left to struggle against the fire eel people and the lost penguins of Sector 901. And the time of Druge, a scarlet curse is cast upon the elf mistress, and the weedle bugs feed on unburied corpses, and a callous fog floats over the land. Hook of Silence is a new kind of space juice. We simmered brown dwarf love piss until it boils 9,000 times the temperature of the sun's core, baby.
Hey, Hooker Silence is the, got the tacky on spice. The herb of lost black hole. Love gumters in pain. Old Monster Planet said, The gas giant is a beast of destruction. The gases burn your private parts. The gases are pain. A mother and her two sons are walking along a path in a woodland park. The sun is low. It is late afternoon on a January day. A sick man is tracking her and her children. His name is Jonesy. His eyes are blue. He was recently released from prison and his hands shake. He will take the woman and her children. He will dump them in the canal. He will take the woman and her children. He will dump them in the canal sometime on a January day. It's going to be late afternoon. It Can it be stopped? Hopefully, right? Dan, are you foretelling the future? No. This is a ramble jamble. This is storytelling. I'm freaking you out, maybe. A little bit, right? Unicorn started from Jord. On its way, it met the maiden Dora. She had three eyes, and she guarded the water features of Kleb, where the wizards and goblins made their bets and wagered on the whiskey harlots and the spade kings. Ching Chong, Ching Chong generals are, are, you know, are accounted for as the War of Hooks begins and the cancer spreads through Scompton. Dinosaurs have been found on Mars. Dinosaurs have been found on Mars. They drive electric cars. They vote for hookers to rule their lands. The Hooker Republic, they build their castles upon the red sand. They grow fat. They grow angry. They look towards the stars. In time, they will visit their bellicose nature upon us and tear up our lands with their dinosaur technology. People are fed up 
with their electricity bills. They're paying too damn much to power their home. They've got a special TV. It's got 3D. It's got power stereo. It's got laser light magic. It does all kinds of freaky deaky with the magical fingers inside your special sofa. People are, are fed up. They're mad. They're seeking gas station style revenge. They're upset about their electricity bills. It's become a pain point for Biden. Angry. Mad. Seeking gas station style revenge. They are arming themselves with bats and chain. They are going insane. They're looking for a fast way out of this hellhole nightmare. They're looking for a fast way out of this hellhole nightmare of old-style Grizzly Gus pizza and jelly soup pie. Chesler owned. He owned the corner store. He sold greaser pies and snake eyes and pickled cat's feet. Chesler, he swindled. Chesler, he swirled. He's passing off crushed caffeine pills as kinds of cocaine. Some kids came looking for food. They were hungry and angry. Chesler lured them into his basement. There he trapped them. What will he do? It's Bo Blimtock. Red Road. Hello! So bless. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Red Red Road. Red. Red Road, Red Train Toy, Fire Crystal, Lake Missile, Open Water, Large Reservoir, A Dam Will Break, A World Will Shake, shake the chemical plant will catch fire and the land will be poisoned the land will be dead the land will be poisoned the land will be gone the land will have famine 
there'll be no food. The people go crazy. They steal the bombs. They use the bombs. I have a trick to play on you. I have a trick to play. You could call it a kind of test. I have a trick to play. It's a magical trip. It's a magical trick. I'm a hypnotist. I'm like that, you know, Jim Jones guy. All my negativity is now yours. I give it to you. All my burdens, all my shit, all my fears, all my regrets, I give it to you. I give it to you using ancient shamanic special practices and you know a lot of crack cocaine my stuff is now in your basement it lurks there it feeds on your dried beans and your rice it nibbles on your MREs all my dark self is now yours. You own it. All my demons chase you in the night. I'm going to play a trick on you. I'm going to give you all of my darkness. I share it with you. It's now yours. You can have it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was kidding, and because I say that, curse lifted. But if I hadn't been kidding, all that stuff, all that pain, those weird stains that are on my mattress, they would be yours, baby. No, I'm kidding, folks. Um, it is Monday, November the 7th, 2022. And these are crazy times. And if you listen to this weird, weird podcast, all I can tell you is you can donate to it if you have the money. You don't have to. Um, just as a reminder, I wasn't really mocking the deaths of Robin Williams or Philip Seymour Hoffman or... John Ritter or Anthony Bourdain or any people that have died that way. But I got to be honest with you, it's these days it's hard to think about these events in abstract terms. Um, it's hard to imagine them that way. You know, I, 
I would love to tell you that as public figures, they don't exist if they do stuff like that, but they still exist. And the thought that's in the heads of a lot of people, and I would guess this is the thing I would say, this is the thought that's in people's heads. These people had it all. I mean, they really were. John Ritter may not have been the, t you know, the biggest name in Hollywood, but he was big and he'd been successful and he had stuff he was working on from what I'd heard. And, you know, as far as like Philip Seymour Hoffman, he was big and he was coming into his own and he was maturing as an actor. And frankly, like a bottle of wine, he was getting better with age. Anthony Bourdain, speaking of wine, was well known and loved and people loved his food. Um, all of these people, you know... Robin Williams, you know, another good example is Robin Williams. All these people, you'd say, why would they do it? If you're just an ordinary person, you'd say, why would they do it? And, and the answer is, you'll never know. I mean, ordinary people won't know because it's probably, you know, not our business to know. That is kind of the private world of a private person at that point, but... Then there's the reality of you just don't really know. Um, I've seen things in recent years, and I don't want to go into all of them, that fit a pattern of getting out of Dodge. Whether it's CEOs quitting jobs, or people just dying, you know, disappearing, you name it, people randomly getting killed. It seems like it ha there's been this pattern of just getting out of Dodge. Get out of Dodge. Get out of Dodge before it's too late. You know, it's a lot like I told you about the pattern of third and fourth stringers. I've seen a lot of that in the last year. And I'm not saying that means they're terrible people. It's just that the first stringers are choosing not to play. They're doing something else. They're going someplace else. So I don't know. My negativity is not yours. You know, I own it. My shitty attitude is not yours. I own it. I know that sometimes I see things in very dark terms. And I can't help you with that because that, you know, is something about who I am. And I'll also say this. It's not so much dark terms, but that I see things in ways that really aren't very comfortable. On the other hand, I think I have been right about some important stuff and been wrong about other things. And if you were to ask me, oh my God, Dan, what should I invest in? My advice is invest in things that you have some control of. If you don't, then it's probably not good. Flexibility would be good advice for anybody at this point. If you're stuck in something that you can't easily extricate yourself from, then that's probably not great. On the other hand, folks, I'm a poor hobo. What the fuck do I know?
I mean, is there something that you could be told that would be so shocking? Is there something that you could be told that would be so shocking that it would break you? Is there something you could learn about the world that would be so shocking it would break you? Is that part of what happens? I don't know. My advice to everybody listening is, is, is the following. It's really, really simple. If you ever feel like harming yourself or harming somebody else, pick up the phone and call somebody. Call a friend, call anybody. Don't do it. You know, this this can feel like a bleak world sometimes, but it's not all bad. It can feel like a dark world and a dangerous world, but it's not all bad. It can feel like all the monsters of every single sector have it out for you. But in reality, it's not that bad. It can feel like the worst. You can wake up in the morning and say to yourself, there's nothing good about this place, but it's not that bad. And it will get better. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I won't tell you it'll be easy. Guess what? It never really was. You know, it's, it, it might be true that a lot of Americans lived in a fantasy world for about, you know, 50, 60 years. We lived in a fantasy world, and it was wonderful. It seemed like we got to have everything we ever wanted, and there were no consequences, and we could be fucking idiots, and it did not matter. It, it seemed like that for a long time. It seemed like a long time it was like that. Anyways, I don't want to beat a dead horse. This podcast is almost two hours long, in part because I do kind of feel bad, in retrospect, about talking about those dudes. But at the same time, there is a reason for it. And it's to explore this basic question of what is so bad and how bad is it? If someone were to, were to tell you it was really bad, how would you react and, and is it the case that people at a certain level, whether we want to admit it or not, have access to better information than the rest of us? I mean, I have no certainty here, really. I simply make the assumption that people at that level probably have better connections. I 
And there's a lot of darkness floating around, baby. So for Monday, November the 7th, 2022, in the time of Bo Blimp Doc, with a race car driver and your heart burning, heading to victory, heading your way there, you're going to win, you're almost at victory, you're heading there. You just won the race, the race against time. You get to have all the crab meat you want. It's crab night. You get to have all the crab because it's crab night, baby.